Nation. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is, well, today's Sunday, May 26th. There's a chance that you're probably listening to this on Memorial Day Monday, May 27th. The NCAA Division I National Championship is set. Uh, Saturday just wrapped up. It was a wild day of lacrosse. Two incredible games. So, Jake, two games out of the way. We now have we have the D2 and D3 National Championships today. And then it all comes down to Monday. So, how are you feeling this Sunday? Yo, those games yesterday, sir. We, they, those games yesterday had everything. They had they were fantastic. I was, of course, I'm super. I'm I'm perfectly pleased because I went two and zero on the day with my predictions. So <laughs> I, I I I called those games. So I can't be disappointed nor surprised. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a real shame when ESPN comes calling and, and takes you away from the podcast. I guess I'll have to find a new co-host. But uh, I mean, you go two and zero on the day. That that's how you jump up to the big boy levels at at Espen. And uh, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. You know, there might be something in the work, but you know, I'll, I'll let you know and I'll let you down easy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So I mean, things got going on Saturday, and I mean, right off the bat. I was like, ah, shit. Like, the quarterfinals was such a great weekend for lacrosse. And the first half of that Virginia-Duke game, pretty slow. Um, Like, I don't want to take too much away from, like, the defenses of both teams. Like, I think, like, Duke's defense was – I mean, they they were showing out uh, in that first half yesterday. But, like, as as guys who know that goals put asses in the seats, um, you know, 5-2 first half final, a little disappointing. Uh, But then – then the boys started cooking on in that second half. Uh, Virginia, led by a couple hometown boys, Doc Aiken, Matt Moore. Um, so, I mean, everyone was stuffing the back of the net. And then OT. So, you know, when that – you know, Virginia was down by two with like a minute 40 left. How uh, how were you feeling at that point? Like, did you did you think Cardiac Cavs got this in the bag? We're, we're about to be in for a, a nice little ending here? Or were you like, ah, there, there goes – Duke, the team that you love so much, the the team that you grew up just. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I did. I was watching the first half of that game. I was like, you know, there's, there's something with the Cavs right now. There's something missing. Like there's, there's, there's a, uh, something's not clicking because Ryan Conrad was out there. I mean, he put the first, he put those, those only two in and you could tell that he was visibly frustrated with what was going on. You know, Ian Laviano, like, um, you know, my boy, like the kid uh, was, I love the guy, but he was asleep for the first half, you know, um, and I, that's what, you know, I think what happened there is they were caught off guard a little bit by the, the by Duke pressing out and giving him the full court press because like JT Giles Harris is just he's a monster, you know, CBR absolutely went off on him. Um, you know, he, he picked a couple pockets. I think that it just took them a while to get rolling. But man, once they got rolling in the second half, like electric, absolutely electric. Yeah, and and things got going like we knew that it was gonna be a day when we had back to back Fogo goals. So Brian Smith for Duke, uh, thick with a few C's, uh, wins it clean, fast break, dunks it. Uh, they go right back to the faceoff X, and then Petey Lasala for Virginia one ups them, does it again. So back to back Fogo goes. Well, I, we're gonna talk a little bit more about faceoffs when we uh, get to the Penn State Yale game. But like that was the moment right there, just back to back Fogo goals. I was like, all right, like this is a game that is about to break wide the heck open. 
I mean, if you're a Fogo and you were watching that game, like that had everything for you. Like if you were watching that game, you know, I'm, I got a buddy who's a Fogo. He like he was, you know, he's he's a nut about faceoffs, right? You know, all you know, whining about the rules and all of that shit. He loves that. Uh, but like when he saw the back-to-back Fogo goals, I, I'm sure he absolutely just creamed himself because like that's that's the content that he was that he was going for, and it was sick. And the funny thing about them is like, but they're such different sizes. And the fact that they're going head to head like that is like David versus Goliath. Like Petey LaSalle is not a big guy. Yeah. Uh, and and um, Brian, so Brian I, Smith is, he's is, a, is a big boy. He is a, a unit. Pet. That's a unit. He's an absolute unit. So, I mean, that, that was fantastic. And I, I, I really like to see that. I would like to know if like they said anything to each other, like on that next face off. So like mm-hmm. on that third one, like I want to know if they were like, all right, like my dude, like that's like face off love for face off love, or if they were like both just like you son of a bitch. I'm sure he was like nice one, You're like like huffing, nice one, yeah. bro. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, yeah, like he's all like, right, we got to do this shit again. Like ah oh, fuck, all right, hey, let's get a possession here. Give me some time on the sideline to rest up. Um, but yeah, I mean, but again, Virginia down by two with a minute forty to go. Uh, you know, I was I was down here on the sideline, not a big deal or anything like that, just a credentialed member of the media. Um, and I could I could sense it in the air that something was about to happen. Uh, and then that's Ian Laviano sticks it to send it into overtime. And then, uh, you know, that right there, that's where Virginia and Duke, they were both like, hey, you know, there, there are only so many games left of college across this season. We might as well give this these fans, you know, as much as they can possibly take. Uh, so, you know, one overtime wasn't enough. Goes to double OT and then Laviano again, the the hero for Virginia. So, I mean, the cardiac calves, that's like a wild story. Just, you know, since Lars Tiffany took that team over, um, you know, and kind of the, the way that they just kind of fell off in the ACC. And then just a few years later, uh, you know, Lars Tiffany was here. What was that? 2015 with mm-hmm. Brown um, lost in the semifinal in overtime comes back this time around with Virginia wins in double OT. So, uh, you know, big, big game for them, but now they're going to have themselves a fucking, a nightmare to deal with on Monday because the Yale Bulldogs, they're the defending champs for a reason. And like, this was, this was the game that had all the hype heading into it. Um, you know, Penn state was the most dominant team in college lacrosse this year, uh, going up against the defending champs and the only team that was able to beat them, earlier in the year. Uh, So Penn State versus Yale had all the hype going into it. And all that hype pretty much went right down the shitter in that first quarter. Dude, 10 to 1. I I looked at that and I was like, this is like, how do you stop the bleeding? Um, And you got to give props to Penn State too, because, you know, 12-9 at the half, like that, I mean, that's, that's cutting off the bleeding a little bit, but... I mean that was some serious work that Yale was doing. Um, I, I I I don't think that we. Um, I think Penn State's D was a weak point, perhaps uh, that it was not often talked about. Um, but I mean Yale the same way. Like Penn State could have won that game. Yale had to, like in the third quarter. Um, Yale goalie is Jack Starr, right? Yeah. Jack Starr had made like two saves. Yeah. So I mean, just getting the shots on the goal and put and, and and letting him drop it would have been turn and rake. But just for some reason, you know, well, we know the reason. It was TD. You know, they had possession after possession after possession, and they capitalized on every single one of them. Yeah, like it was crazy. So I mean, this play Lincoln Financial Field was just filled. Penn State, like that was expected. 
you know, big, big Penn State city here in Philly. Um, and so, I mean, this place was packed. They had a whiteout going and like during warmups, like you could feel the energy of that, that Penn State crowd. And like if they would have started off right away with a couple goals of their own, this place would have popped off. Um, so I, Yale, probably understanding that, uh, they said, hey, like, thanks for coming out, guys. Now, like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, sit down, because we're running this. Um, you know, they came out. Dude, it was the first three face-offs. So three straight wins for TD, three straight possessions for Yale, three straight goals. It was 3 nothing before Grand Amen even saw the ball, and, and Penn State's offense even had one possession. So, um, you know, like that right there, there's a blueprint to beating Penn State. We've talked about it a bunch. It's you have to win all your face-offs and you need your offense to pace the game. They took the blueprint, ran with it, pulled it off flawlessly. Um, and and I think, you know, all that like home field advantage that Penn State could have had, uh, you know, that that first quarter just it, it was it was tough because like even when Penn State was getting themselves going again in the second quarter, like there still wasn't as much juice. In, in the stadium as there probably could have been. You know, Yale really ran with that momentum too. You know, they, they used, uh, it's extremely, you know, those nerds, those nerds, they did their, they did their homework. They, you know, they took, they, ca um, they calculated the velocity of the cheers and they were like, right. Hey, if, if, if we, if we, uh, uh, just, I don't even know what they did, but definitely some sort of mathematic equation to get rid of that home field advantage for Penn state. Absolutely. You know, they use the pace of play against them. And I think that's probably the first time that um, that that one of these teams has has done that uh, against Penn State, you know, but it, of course, hindsight, beautiful. We, we can look back all we want. Um, but the consistent factor in both the Penn State's losses this year was TD Erlen. Um, I mean, you, they, they went up against and a face off guy and handsome Dan. I knew I already knew there you were going to say it. And handsome yep. man. Uh, but uh, like to beat Penn State, you have to keep the ball away from them and use the pace to play against them. And Yale did that. And the only reason they did that was TD Erland. So do we even want to get into the Torts on talk? Do we even want to <laughs> do we even want to go there? Because uh, at this point, like the the Tawarton talk, it, there, so there are two conversations going on in the lacrosse world right now. Yeah, one, please tell me the is, whispers. One is people bitching about faceoffs, um, and then two is is what do you do with the Tawarton now? Do you give it to Pat Spencer, who's had one of the most incredible college lacrosse careers of all time? Do you give it to Grant Ament, who was the best player in Division One lacrosse this whole entire year, or do you give it to TD Erlin, who the reason why Yale was able to get up ten one significant reason obviously Yale's offense was snapping off right away there um you know guys like dude Matt Gaudette I fucking love that kid he plays he plays the game exactly how you would want a Canadian to play the game just sticks goals let you know about it chirps all day um but TD was the majority of the reason why they were up 10-1 so like that's just a whoever wins it's like like everyone's gonna be bitching about the other two guys and then so it, it's I don't I don't know if there's a, an actual answer to that. I do think that there is an actual answer to the face-off conversation, and that's just to tell everyone to shut up. Um, you know, so obvious people, especially in that first quarter, uh, they could not fathom that that one player like TD Erlin would have such an impact on this game. It's like, well, yeah, like 
you know, Pat Spencer has an impact on the game too. He's one player. Um, but so, I mean, people were bitching, oh, the face-off's taken away from it. I can't believe a face-off specialist has this much impact on the game. And it's like, dude, shut up. Like, if, if you don't want if you don't want your team to get its dicks kicked in by a face-off guy, maybe you should go out and recruit some better face-off specialists. And Gerard Arceri, credit to him too, because he figured it out like after that first quarter. Um, you know, he had a hat trick against TD. So yeah. like that's so it, like it's it's just TD is just a beat. Like, so that's the thing though, is like Gerard Arceri is one of the better face-off guys in the nation. Like that just goes to show what a freak. TD is that he was able to just dummy him like that, especially in the first quarter, and then kind of took it over again in the fourth. I think that conversation is so stupid that, you know, yes, he has an impact on the game, but we're not just talking about any face-off specialist. We're talking about a kid who in his high school career was like, what, like 96, 98%? Like, that's fucking, that's that's insane, you know? And then uh, then uh, then at Albany, he had an, in a, at a stupid year. And then, it, uh, and then at Yale, he's having an, an, an insane year. He's like a 78% or something like that. That's, that is the, like the impact of that is going to be huge. But it's like when you're talking about, oh, the faceoffs are taken away from the game, it's like, no, he's not just any faceoff guy. That's, he's yeah. elite, right? You know, he's Joe yeah, Flacco. Like, yeah, yeah. Joe Flacco. <laughs> people forget that. <laughs> but, but like that, like, think about it, like, if it was anything else in life, like let's just say it's a guitar player, right? Like, like you could be just some fucking asshole who's like shows up to guitar center and just like strums a few chords and like, no one gives a shit about you. But then like, you know, someone like, uh, like John Mayer selling out arena. Like, so TD Erland is just a John Mayer. Everyone else is just strumming away at fucking guitar center. That's a, like a bad analogy. I don't know why that one just popped into my head. It was like the only thing that came into it. I don't like that one. I would like to take it back, but as a journalist who uh, transparency is key to me, I'm going to leave it in the episode. I think you guys could understand where I was going with that one. It's still not my best, but like that's, you just can't, but people can't, the, the asshole in guitar center can't bitch about John Mayer selling out arenas when he's that goddamn perfect at playing the guitar and and he's just not so i i think i kind of made a point there but we could we could move on a little bit some some points were made i, I think that people will understand the gist uh you know at they might struggle a little bit but they they think they'll i think they'll get it some points were made yeah um now the the biggest moment that people aren't talking about in that penn state uh yale game there was a moment so i don't know if i mentioned this before was on the sideline for the game. Pretty sure that's the first time I mentioned that. Um, but so on the sideline, every once in a while, a few balls come flying your way. Uh, and, you know, when I came into, into the day on Saturday, I was prepared for a ball to come my way, and I really wanted to make a play on one, um, you know, kind of show off those hands, show off that dexterity, ha uh, hand-eye coordination. I finally had my moment to shine. Uh, I, th I think someone just got, like, detwigged, and the ball came flying out right to me. Had my hand on it, dropped it, missed the play, big time error. So, uh, I mean, listen, I, like sometimes you wonder like how these guys can make, you know, these mistakes if they're playing on the highest stage, but sometimes the pressure gets to you. And, and I know that now more than ever. I mean, you know, it, how, it, you know, how much preparation did, you know, how much preparation did you, did you have going into, going into the, you know, going into the, the big weekend? You know, you may, you may have not, 
you know, done your, done your, uh, done your right exercises or, you know, put in, put in the work, you know, you got to put it, you get in what you put out, right. You know, so maybe, maybe, maybe next year is maybe next year's your year and you got to start training a little bit longer, you yeah. know, to make those big plays on the big stage. Yeah. When, when something like that happens, like, like you, you know, like if, if you put in the work to, you know, if, if you left it all out on there on the field um, and, and I'll be honest, hand up, I probably should have hit the wall a little bit harder, um, you know, heading into this weekend. So, you know, I, I, I was able to move right in front of it. I was able to track it down. I just wasn't able to make the catch. So um, it's unfortunate, but we live to see another day. So we still have, you know, the D2, D3 games here, and then we still have the national championship on Monday. Uh, so, you know, there's still some opportunities and, and, you know, all you can do now is just try to make the next one. You can't, can't dwell in the past. That's right. It's, you know, uh, so what next play? You know, you gotta you gotta hit the next play. I I, I get you. I, t- I totally get you. And we'll you know, uh, we we can t- we can talk wall. You know, maybe maybe we gotta get uh the, the wall ball extraordinaire Matt Gibson on here. Maybe we gotta get him uh to get you you know trained up for next year. Yeah, yeah, definitely gonna need uh you know need need a a, a real solid regimen. Um, you know, and and if anything, it, we we gotta make it happen quick. So, uh, Matt, if you're listening to the show right now, which I know you are, hit me up. Uh, yeah, so th- I mean that right there, that was Saturday. Saturday was wild. Um, obviously we didn't really talk about the end of the game, but like Yale finally pulled away there at the end. So like credit to Penn state for making it close. Um, it would have been real disappointing if it was just like ended up being like 40 to four. Uh, so they made it close, but Yale still put up 21 on them. Uh, and now Yale is heading into Memorial day again to defend their title, uh, against Virginia. So, I don't know. Just watching that game yesterday, like I feel like Yale was operating on a level that we haven't seen any team really be able to operate on uh, this year. Like they, like it was the perfect game of lacrosse. It that like the most perfect a game plan could be executed, and they did it. Um, so heading into Monday, like I, I, I mean, it's going to be a great game, but I, I just I think that Yale is just they're all fucking freaks, man. Like you look at all their calves, just like when you're watching that game on Monday, just look at their calves, all of them. They're so fucking strong and athletic, all of them, that I just think that even if it's like hot out and they're all running around and, and it's a you know tough day on the body, I think that like that's what's going to – they're just going to be able to power through that. And like by the time fourth quarter rolls around, Virginia might be getting a little gas and like Yale's probably not even breaking a sweat. So I think I have to go with Yale on Monday. Yeah, I think I have to go with Yale too. You know – um, I feel kind of bad because we have kind of counted the calves out all year. We, we you know, every and, and all our, uh, you know, every week we're like, oh, I'm not sold on the calves yet. Oh, I'm not sold on Virginia yet. You know, I, I don't, I don't know what's what's going on there. Um, you know, and I, I feel kind of bad for doing that, but they because they absolutely showed out against Duke and they, you know, they put they strung it together. Um, I don't know if they can string it together against Yale. I, but again. I didn't think they could string it against it together against Duke. So, uh, you know, they're going to have to, I don't, you know, if they have a first half, like they did against Duke tomorrow is going, or yes, tomorrow will be an absolute blowout. Um, if they come out hot and let, you know, they can tie up TD a little bit, which is a task in and of itself. If they can tie them up a little bit, I think they can play with them, but it's going to come down to the face off. And I don't know how Petey LaSala has been playing this year. 
um, in in comparison to TD, I would imagine his faceoff percentage is much less, and I don't think that he could you know run with TD in the weight room. But who knows? May you know maybe Ryan. I mean Ryan Ryan Conrad you know willed those first two goals in against the Duke defense that's extremely strong, even so, even while wearing black cleats and white socks, which is even while even which you know all of his goals really should count for half because he's doing that. But that's a that's a whole other conversation in and of itself. I can't believe, and I, I understand the Penn State thing like the tradition, but like what the fuck is that about? Like he's wearing land sharks out there, you know? Like I haven't worn nobody. Everybody wears those like sixth or seventh grade when you're, you know, you know, transitioning from a different sport to lacrosse or something. Yeah. Come, pretty, come on. Pretty, pretty sure you can buy those at Target. Yeah. So we <laughs> see you, Ryan Conrad, and your Target cleats. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it, if Virginia's defense is able to keep them in it early on, that'll be like I think Virginia's defense is probably a little bit better than than Penn State's. So if they're able to like if, as long as it's not a first quarter like it was yesterday between Penn State and Yale, I think that Virginia has a chance to make it interesting and like could come down to the wire either way. Um, but like that, that's something that like, like once it got to ten, like it before it even got to ten one. But like you could tell every time that Penn State had the ball, um, they were pushing a little bit because it's like, yo, like we have to go right away or else this thing is going to completely run away from us. Um, so you could see that they were they were kind of forcing the issue a little bit. Um, you know, so Virginia's offense doesn't have like that much pressure on them to score every time they touch the ball like Penn State ran into yesterday. Um, then, you know, as, as long as they're able to stay calm offensively, then I, I, we're going to be in for a good game. But if Virginia's defense kind of falls apart a little bit and then Yale's just scoring on like the first five possessions of the game, then, you know, the, the, the B holes on, uh, you know, Virginia's offense are going to tighten up and, and that's where mistakes are made. Yeah. We might be flipping channels, um, after the first quarter, who knows? Um, I really hope, I really hope it doesn't go like that. Um, because, uh, you know, I, as we've said, like we kind of counted Virginia out most of the, most of the season, um, for whatever reason, I mean, for whatever reason, you know, High Point beat both of those teams yesterday, Duke and Virginia. Not a big deal, um, but I, I mean, they sure, they talked about they, yeah, they talked about that. You know, I, I think we heard Quint mention something about that four or five times. Uh, also mentioning Cottonmouth like three or four times. Not weird at all. I I'm don't. Gonna, think. I'm gonna have to go back and and watch the broadcast on those ones because he, he just uh, talked about he talked about how the boys probably had some cotton mouth out there from the heat and uh, that's I hey, I don't think I've ever had that um, but apparently maybe that's something that they had back in the late '80s. Uh, I'm, boy, I'm not sure. Boy, Quinn was just just blazed that shit up all day. He had cotton that's mouth what, on the reg. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like that's uh, I'm only ever familiar with cotton mouth when we're talking about. <laughs> Um, you know, that the devil's lettuce, Quint. So I don't know what you guys were into back with Johnny Hopkins. Um, but yeah, so that was, was that was, it was, that was Johnny Hopkins weird at all. and Sloan Kettering. <laughs> we're placing that shit up every day. Yes. I love references, man. References are dope. Yeah. They, they keep the, they keep the podcast going. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I might I might steal your tactic here and I might say that I I think in my brain that Yale wins this one but 
in in my heart, I could also see Virginia turning this into a game, and then the cardiac Cavs never disappoint. So, you know, I have Yale, but Virginia. I have Yale too, but Virginia's story would be way more. They'd be way cooler. Uh, you know, going go with you know Lars Tiffany taking over, missing the tournament. You know, however many years in a row, and coming back and winning. Like that would be a way cooler story. So, like if Yale you know, has any sort of, sort of respect for the game, they will just, you know, you know, maybe throw throw a few balls on, a, uh, you know, unforced errors, you know, maybe toss them out, maybe give Virginia, you know, a little chance. So, I mean, if they have any respect for the game and the story, they'll, they'll uh, you know, make it easy on them. Yeah. Just the, the one thing I don't want to see, though, is just a sad, handsome Dan. I, I don't no. know if I'll be able to handle that. Uh, let's hope he stays cool. I saw him in the ice bath, so you know, got to keep him cool. Uh, he probably gets treated better than you know most of us, so I imagine he'll be great. Yeah. Uh, well, there you have it. That is a uh, hey, final game of the season. Uh, just want to you know thank everyone for for tuning in all college lacrosse season long. Um, we'll we'll have a recap episode after uh, the national championship game, but. Uh, you guys are the best, and you know we'll, we'll keep this thing rolling through the summer with the PLL season coming up. But uh, yeah, so Yale, Virginia, 2019 national championship on the line, and uh, you know it's coming right from the mecca of the lacrosse world, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, also known as the Paris of Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, you know it's funny how the only people who call it that are Phil- native Philadelphians, but. Uh, do we wait? Do we want to? Uh, do we want to throw out some predictions for a D two D three championships today? Yeah. Well, I mean, like by the time that people are listening to oh, this, yeah. like those will already be over. <laughs> but, um, but, but, but either way. Uh, but well, you know, I, I, you know, we're I'm recording this from uh, from field level right now. Not a big deal. So I've been seeing some of the Merrimack boys warming up right now. The shooters are shooting. So I got. Uh, I'll take Merrimack and D two, and then. Uh, you know what? Let's get crazy. Let's let's give it up for the the local Philly boys, Cabrini in the D three game over Amherst. So, uh, you know, Cabrini, pride of Delco, just a bunch of a uh, bunch of legends on that squad. So I, I'm going Merrimack and Cabrini in D two D three. Um, I'm gonna take Limestone. Uh, I, I like I like the I like the the continuation of the perfect season. Um, I think that's nice. Just kind of button it off at 21 wins. That'd be sweet. Uh, you know, nice and organized. And then I'll also take the local heroes. I'll take Gabrini as well. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ham and Fam Hurst snuck one by them. So, <laughs> hey, like like a like a true true pro right there. That's right. All right. Well, hey, uh, everyone, buckle up, tune in. It's the last ride for the college lacrosse season, and you know it, it wouldn't make any sense for us to keep it anything else besides low to high till the day we die. We out. You ready? You ready? Uh. Where the fuck is my mouth? Uh. There we go. I used to pray for times like this, to rhyme like this, so I had to grind like that, to shine like this. In a matter of time, I spent on some locked up shit in the back of the paddy wagon, cuffs locked on wrist. See my dreams unfold. Nightmares come true It was time to marry the game And I said, yeah, I do If you want it, you gotta see it With a clear eye view Got shorty, she try and bless me Like I said, I chew Like a nigga sneeze 
Nigga, please, for them trick squeeze, I'm getting cream. Never let them hoes get in between of what we started. Little nigga, but I'm lying hearted. They love me when I was stuck and they hated when I departed. I go and get it regardless. Draw like I'm an artist, no crawling, went straight to walking with foreigns in my garages. All foreign bitches menaging, fucking sucking and swallowing anything for a dollar. They tell me, get him, I got him. I did it without an album. I did shit with Mariah. Low nigga, I'm on fire. Icy as a hockey ring, Philly nigga, I'm flyer. When I bought the Rolls Royce, they thought it was lease. Then I bought that new Ferrari, hey, to rest in peace. Hey, to rest in peace, rest in peace to the parking lot. Phantom so big, can't even fit in the parking spot. You ain't talking about my niggas, then what you talking about? Gangsters move in silence, nigga, and I don't talk a lot. I don't say a word. I don't say a word was on my grind and now I got what I deserve. Fuck, nigga. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I bought the ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was rented. Flexing on these niggas, I'm like Papa on the spinach. Double M, yeah, that's my team. Rose, the captain, I'm lieutenant. I'm the type can of men casting, grind like I'm broke. That Lambo, my new bitch, she don't ride like my ghost. I'm riding around my city with my hands strapped on my toes. Cause these niggas want me dead, and I gotta make it back home. Cause my mama need that bill money, my son needs some milk. These niggas try to take my life, they fuck around, get killed. You fuck around, you fuck around, you fuck around, get smoked. Cause these silly niggas I born with me don't fuck around, no joke. No, all I know is murder. When it come to me, I got young niggas that's rolling, I got niggas throwing bees. I didn't did the DOA, I didn't did the KODs. Every time I'm in that bitch, I get to throwing dirty G's. But now I'm hanging out that drop head, I'm riding down no collars. They let my nigga earn back home, that young nigga be wildin'. We young niggas, we mobbin', like Batman and we're robbin'. Miss two door made back, with my seat on reclining, I'm like, real nigga, what up? Real nigga, what up? If you ain't about that murder game, then pussy nigga, shut up. If you dip me in your rats, I get your pussy ass stuck up. When you touch down in my hood, know that toy life ain't good. Catch me down in MIA, and that heat game on wood. With that pull my life on my feet, like that little engine I could. Boy, I slide down in your block, back on 12 o'clock. And they be throwing deuces on the same nigga they watch. And I'm the king of my city, cause I'm still calling them shots. And these lanes talking that bullshit, the same niggas that flop. I'm the same nigga from first to with them that raised that lot. The same nigga that came up and I had to wait for my spot. And these niggas hating on me, hoes waiting on me. Still on that hood shit, my Rolls Royce on E, they gon' remember me. I say remember me. So much money, yeah, your friends turn to your enemies. And when this beef, I turn my enemies to memories. We them bricks, they go for 40, ain't no ten to key. Hold up, broke nigga turn rich. Blood a game like Mitch. And if I leave, you think dumb pretty hoes gon' still suck my dick. It was something about that rollie when it first touched my wrist. Had me feeling like that dope boy when he first touched that brick. I'm gone.